But on the 17th of May, 2011, the Queen arrived in Ireland. Channel 4 News reported it as Ireland's largest ever security operation, costing £26 million. I quote the article. 500 troops last night ringed the perimeter of Fortress Baldonnell as the military aerodrome on the edge of the capital went into lockdown for the arrival of the Royal Flight. Over 10,000 Gardai police officers and Defence Forces troops have been deployed on full alert to patrol areas of Dublin, Kildare, Tipperary and Cork. Around 120 Royal Protection Officers from the Metropolitan Police are accompanying the Queen, carrying Glock pistols and Heckler and Cox submachine guns. Her Majesty will be escorted in a bulletproof fleet of cars to every event, watched over by snipers placed on rooftops surrounding the sites. All that security has just one aim. Bring the Queen home safe and sound. How different that was from the day Jesus entered Jerusalem on what we call Palm Sunday. Like the Queen is surrounded, welcomed by huge crowds. The whole city was stirred by his arrival. He rode in on a donkey like a king, but he had no security, no guards, no army, because Jesus was not aiming to survive this visit. King Jesus came to the capital to die. And that's what Jesus wants his disciples and us to know. He wants us to know that he is God's chosen king. But also, he wants us to know what sort of king he is. Have a look with me at verse 10 of chapter 21. When Jesus arrives in Jerusalem, the whole city asks, who is this? And that's the question we'll be answering as we look more closely at this passage. Who is Jesus really? And the first thing we're going to see is that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is Israel's king. We're joining Jesus on his final journey to Jerusalem. Much of his ministry and most of his miracles have been performed far up north in Galilee, a place quite different from Judea and Jerusalem in the south. Galilee was more ethnically diverse, more influenced by Greek culture, had a different government, and had operated as a distinct region from Judea for much of the past thousand years. Jesus came to Jerusalem almost like a foreigner, rather like the Queen in Ireland. And Jesus is coming up at the time of Passover, a politically dangerous time. You see, Jerusalem was occupied by Roman soldiers and ruled by a Roman prefect with the authority to impose the death penalty on rebels. Passover was an annual festival commemorating Israel's liberation by God from oppression in Egypt. A huge festival celebrating liberation in a city occupied by a foreign power was tense. 
during Passover, pilgrims swelled the population of Jerusalem to about six times its normal size. It wouldn't take much to set things off. So you've got a nervous Roman prefect worried about rebellion, extra Roman troops called in to enforce the peace. And then Jesus sends two of his disciples to get him a donkey to ride, an action with a politically explosive message, an action in which he effectively proclaims himself to be Jerusalem's long-awaited king and saviour. Chapter 21, verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, a village on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. As traditional for pilgrims at Passover to enter Jerusalem on foot. But Jesus has prearranged this donkey ride to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Zechariah. We heard it in our first reading, and it's there in verse 4 of Matthew 21. It says, This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The daughter of Zion is a personification of the population of Jerusalem. And the message of the prophet to the population is that their king will come to them riding on a donkey. Just like David when he returned to Jerusalem as king riding on a donkey. Just like Solomon when he went to his coronation as king riding on a donkey. Jesus' message to the population at Passover is that he is their long-awaited king. How's that going to go down with the Romans? And as Jesus rides the donkey foal, the huge crowd around him goes wild. They start cutting down palm branches and laying him in the, them in the road like rolling out a red carpet before him. They take off their cloaks and spread them on the ground, just like their ancestors did at the coronation of King Jehu. And they shout words from Psalm 118 like we did but with new energy and meaning. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And who is he? They shout, Hosanna to the son of David. This is King David's son, King David's heir, the long-promised king arriving to establish his rule and reign from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. No wonder then as it says in verse 10, that when Jesus entered through the gate of Jerusalem, a huge crowd seething around him, the whole city was stirred. Jerusalem is shaking. And the people of Jerusalem, not least the city leaders, are asking, who is this? And one answer given is, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Now, you might expect the crowd to say, this is Jesus, the son of David, the Messiah. Why call him just a prophet? 
Well, calling him a prophet isn't a small thing. For starters, King David was a prophet. Secondly, prophets are sent by God. So their words have great power and authority. And thirdly, in the book of Deuteronomy, we read that after Moses liberated Israel from oppression in Egypt, God promised he would send another prophet like Moses. And up till the days of Jesus, no prophet since Moses seemed to fit the bill. But now the prophet like Moses has come at last, Jesus from Nazareth, God's prophet, a liberator, Israel's king, come to rule over God's people and declare God's word to the world. His followers are ecstatic, exuberant, full of anticipation. But all along, Jesus knew exactly why he had come. He hadn't come to raise an army. He didn't ride into Jerusalem on a war horse. He came on a donkey, as the prophet said, see your king comes to you, gentle, and riding on a donkey. Jesus comes in peace, not to conquer, but to be conquered. Not to kill, but to be killed. Look back with me to the top of page 988, on the left-hand side, chapter 20, verse 17. If this was a TV show on the screen right now, it would say 48 hours earlier. Have a look with me at what Jesus said to his disciples while they were still on their way down to Jerusalem from Galilee. Verse 17, top left of page 988. Now as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took aside the 12 disciples and said to them, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man, that's Jesus, will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and turn him over to the Gentiles, the Romans, to be mocked and flogged and crucified. Jesus went up to Jerusalem as king to die. Who is Jesus? He's the long-awaited king of God's people. Secondly, what sort of king is he? He's a king who would lay down his life to save his people. He came not to conquer kingdoms, but conquer hearts. His crown will be a crown of thorns. His throne will be a cross. His victory will be his death. Very often, uh, preachers make the point uh, of this passage something about the, the fickle nature of the human heart. The crowds may have been cheering for Jesus on Palm Sunday, but they say by Good Friday, they're baying for his blood. So fickle. I don't think that's right. It was the Galilean pilgrims who were cheering for Jesus. It was the Jerusalem authorities who called for Jesus' death. This part of the Bible wasn't given us uh, to warn us not to betray Jesus in our hearts. It was given to show us who Jesus claimed to be so that we worship and praise him as we should. Who is he? 
people. For much of his ministry, he surrounded his identity in secrecy. He told his followers they must not say he is the Messiah. They must not tell anyone about his miracles. But not anymore. Now as he comes to Jerusalem, the cloak of secrecy has come off and he deliberately rides to the Passover festival as king. He wants us to know that his death on the cross wasn't the misfortune of a Galilean peasant, but the mission of God's chosen king. The Jerusalem authorities would eventually accuse him of leading a rebellion against Rome. They would tell Pilate the prefect that Jesus was setting himself up as a rival to Caesar. But on the cross, Jesus wasn't leading his people away from Rome. He was leading his people back to God. He wasn't starting a war against the emperor, but ending the war his, between his people and the Lord. And for that, he had to die because nothing but the death of God's Son could atone for our sin and rebellion against him. The leaders of Jerusalem may have been worried about a rebellion against Rome and the harsh crackdown that would follow. They should have been much more worried about their rebellion against God. But Jesus is a king, loving, kind and peaceful who laid down his life to atone for our sins, to bear the retribution for that rebellion on their behalf and on our behalf, so that through him we might enter the kingdom of God, not an earthly kingdom, but a heavenly kingdom, not a physical kingdom, but a spiritual one. That is why when you leave church this morning, uh, we'll be giving out palm crosses. Palm crosses for Palm Sunday. The palm leaf of the palm cross reminds us of that red carpet spread before Jesus because he is our king. But the leaf is folded into a cross to remind us that he saved us by dying for us. Perhaps you could put it in your front window or you could put the cross on your car windscreen as a way to make people think or to start a conversation about Jesus. And do come back to church this Friday. Obviously we don't normally come to church on Friday, but come for Good Friday for an opportunity to think more deeply about the King who died for you. Who is Jesus? He's the long-awaited King of God's people. What sort of king is he? He's a king who would lay down his life to save us. And not only lay down his life. Jesus went up to Jerusalem to die, but not to stay dead. He also told his disciples that on the third day, he would be raised to life. The victory of his death would give way to the triumph of his resurrection. His crown of thorns would be transformed into gold and he would take his seat, not on the throne in Jerusalem, but at the right hand of God in heaven. And from there he reigns now, not over Jerusalem or Israel just, not even over the empire of Rome, but to the very ends of the earth and to the very end of time. Let's bow our heads and pray.
Lord Jesus, we praise and worship you, our Saviour and King. Praise you that you are gentle and lowly, that you rode on to die for people like us, rebels against God, so that we might join you as citizens in your kingdom, and not just citizens, but as your brothers and sisters. We praise you and we thank you, and we ask as we look ahead to Good Friday and Easter Day, that you would renew in us our love for you, our vision of your glory, and our faith in your goodness. And we ask this of our Father in your name, Jesus. Amen.